0: Hi, this is John. And today on Theocast, Justin and I have a special guest with us, Chad Bird. And in this particular podcast, we have a fun conversation around your personal relationship with Jesus. As we look through scripture, we can see that there is a design for us to be in a relationship with the Father, but it's not disconnected to the corporate reality. As Justin says, we have a church shaped life. So we have a fun conversation with Chad about a recent video he had put out and an article he had written about our personal relationship with Jesus. And in the Semper Reformanda, we talk about a theology of cross versus theology of glory. And we get to have some fun questions with Chad about some of his favorite books and podcasts. We hope you
1: enjoy. If you'd like to help support Theocast, you can do that by leaving us a review on iTunes and subscribing on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Plus, we have a Facebook group if you'd like to join the conversation there. Thanks for listening.
0: Welcome to Theocast, encouraging weary pilgrims to rest in Christ. Conversations about the Christian life from a Reformed, confessional, and pastoral perspective. Your hosts today are Justin Perdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina, And I'm John Moffitt, pastor of Grace Reform Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And this is take number two, because I don't know how to push the record button. Uh,
1: Why record once when you can record twice? (laughs) That's right. I mean, come on. That's right.
0: It's so good to, as you see in our title today, we have a special guest who is definitely special and dear to us. Uh, Chad Bird. And for those of you that may not be familiar with Chad, Chad does a lot of things. He works with 1517 and he is a book factory. I'm not even sure how many books he's got out and how many are coming, but the the man knows how to pump them out. And I'm really grateful that he has Uh, a couple of ones that I recommend uh, that has been extremely impactful for us. We've interviewed Chad in the past about this is his book, Night Driving and also Upside Down Spirituality. We'll put those in our notes, but if you haven't read those, I highly recommend that you do.
1: I would also recommend The Christ Key. So, Chad, I recommend this book regularly. I mean, even to some uh, hermeneutics classes at a local private school, I was like, this is a book you guys need to use. I give it to people in my own church because we believe that Jesus meant what he said in John 5 and Luke 24, that the whole Bible is about him. And it's so refreshing, encouraging, liberating, all of the above to understand that in more depth. And your book is helpful in that way, bro. So thank you for writing that. And we look forward to all the stuff you got coming out. Limping with God is another one. I've read the pre-release copy and wrote a little thing on it. That's great. I mean, really helpful book. Mm. So yeah, yeah
2: well, 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 thank you both. Thank you both. Yeah. yeah it's a, it, it's great to have a job where I get paid to, to do what I love. Mm, that's true. <laughs> One of the things <laughs> I love true. to do is, is to write, uh, I tell everybody. So my job is to, to tell others about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, pretty awesome job. So yeah, uh, it's awesome whether job. it's through writing or podcasting or videos or, uh, yeah. whatnot, uh, just be able to, to, to get the good news out there uh, it's, it's just a, it's a wonderful privilege and a gift
0: man it's good well one other thing before we move on I know JP has he's going to introduce our topic here in a minute but uh, for those of you who don't know uh, Theocast has been around for a long time we, we were underneath a different host for a while and uh, I went through just uh, some challenges a couple of years ago and wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with the podcast and uh, had the opportunity to call Chad and this is back when I think you were driving truck still. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I remember. You, I so it's remember been a few year. years ago. I was, I, was, uh,
0: I was in the cab shifting gears that day. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Chad was able to just love and care for us. And uh, and not long after that, I I found Justin, and so we kept the podcast going. So yeah. it's good to have Chad back on because without Chad, most likely I would have shut it down. So thank you. And this friend. is
1: this is a, the 150th episode that John. Oh, that's
0: right. Today's 150. Today. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so so there you have
1: about three years worth of content that we've done yeah. together now. So, there that is. Chad, it's great to have you Excellent. on today, man, and I am excited, I know we all are, to have the conversation that we plan to have today. So, you've seen the title if you're a thoughtful listener, you've already grabbed that. I don't need to repeat it for you, but we're going to talk today about the idea of a personal relationship with Jesus. This is something that is pervasive in evangelicalism. This is just kind of the the capital we trade with. We talk about a personal relationship with Jesus all the time. It's ubiquitous. It's white noise. It's, we're so used to people talking in these ways. But where did that even come from? How long have people been talking like this? Is it a legitimate category? Is it a good way to talk? Is it helpful? Is it not? We're going to consider all of that. We're going to talk about the American Evangelical Church and just the, the cultural things that have produced that and the historical things that have produced that that make a personal relationship with Jesus appealing to us. We're going to talk about Protestant religion in our context, where we value so much uh, the personal devotional life that we tend to think that what happens when I'm alone is the most important thing uh, in terms of my relationship with Christ, and we're going to probably poke some holes in that. We don't mean to offend anyone, but we hope to, to unsettle people in good ways in thinking about the Christian life and be helpful to folks as they consider how we live life this side of the resurrection and what is the Lord's plan for us as we are pilgrims and sojourners in this world. So stay tuned for about the next 30 minutes, and we're going to try to get to all of that and more. So, Chad, we're going to hand it over to you first, man, as our guest, because we try to be you know good hosts here <laughs> and uh, let our guests actually talk. And so you can go any direction you want to get us started, and we'll just interact a little bit with what you say.
2: Yeah, yeah, great uh- this is a this is a wonderful topic. I, I've addressed it uh, a few different ways through videos and through articles, and I Chad Every, is on TikTok.
1: Yeah, yeah I've done a TikTok he's video
2: on it, uh, yeah. and uh, he, he wins seen, the cool factor because I'm not on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> well, my my wife finally convinced me to start the uh, the account, so I did. Yeah, it's, been, it's, nice it's been actually a positive that. experience because uh, uh, it, it's just a great opportunity to get uh, get the word out there into uh, a social media channel that's got a whole lot of uh, yeah yeah. It's not not, long, not a lot of good theology out there, let's <laughs> put it that way. Uh, but it, what I was going to say is every time I bring this up, uh, I get a lot of pushback, almost mm. more pushback than any other topic that I that I address. Wow. Uh, and, and I think <clears throat> that in and of itself is indicative of how pervasive this ideology, this spiritual ideology is yeah. in context. So uh, a lot of different ways we could start this out. One thing that I do like to point out is that the phrase itself, personal relationship with Jesus, is a relatively recent phenomenon. So you can, do, uh, you can do a search of literature that's been published for several centuries. You can search for words or phrases. And if you, if you use the search engine for a search of personal relationship with Jesus, you'll find that before the 1960s, it was virtually non-existent. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is kind of the, the me generation. And so you have, at the same time, this, this me focus where uh, the it ego drama, as someone has once said, it's all, about, it's all about me. While that is happening in culture, you also have the rise of the me focus of, of Christianity, me and Jesus, personal relationship with Jesus. And so it, it, it's a relatively recent phenomenon that we begin even talking about this way. But the theology that undergirds that is hyper-individualism, where it's all about my private or personal relationship with Jesus. I mean that that's kind of part of the waters in which we swim in America. That's right. I mean we mm-hmm. are the land of rugged individualism, where you know it's 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 me. It's all about what I want. It's all about my dreams. It's all about my my independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 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 this. I think it's it's difficult for us to even wrap our minds around if we grew up in this context of mm-hmm. just how pervasive this is in every aspect of our lives, this idea that life is all about me. And as I like to point out, the whole thing is, 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 a, is a lie. If you just stop for a minute and, and consider the fact of your own life, where you live, what you do, the people around you, everything about your life shows indisputably that our lives are enmeshed in this, mm-hmm. this web of interdependence with other people. I mean, you, if you're listening right now, if you're watching on the video, just consider the, the ability for you to listen, the ability for you to watch, everything that enables that has been created by other people, mm-hmm. by millions upon millions of people. The very fact that you can understand the words that we are speaking right now means that mm-hmm. someone else taught you this language.
1: Mm-hmm. The, very <laughs> fact,
2: the very fact that you exist means that two people came together and you are the the product of that. So the, that is one thing that I think is important just to to kind of wrap our minds around the fact that no one lives an independent life. No one is just about themselves because that is a sheer impossibility as a human being. God created us to live lives in which we are always dependent upon people who are around us. Now that kind of factual reality then translates into the theological reality as well. Mm-hmm. Christ did not come to establish a a personal relationship with individuals he came to establish mm-hmm. a relationship with his body the church mm-hmm. of which yeah, we amen. are individually 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 members. And that's 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 clear in the New Testament. Paul didn't go around just talking with individuals and telling them believe in Jesus the Messiah and you're good to go and and that's all you need. No, he went around establishing churches with with pastors, in order that, as a corporate body, the word could be heard and the supper celebrated and baptisms administered, in order that a corporate life could could be lived. So that's the that's the way that the New Testament is set up. That's the way. That's just basically a continuation of the Old Testament as well. You're, you already have the corporate corporate body of Israel that lives under the covenant with with the Lord. Then what's happened in our circles is we've taken the rugged American individualism and we've also taken kind of this, this, this fundamental navel-gazing tendency that we are, they already have as sinners and we have translated that into this now Protestant spirituality, which is all about just me and then my relationship with, with Jesus. And I've been talking for a while, so I'll shut up. And, <laughs> no, uh, it's good. No, <laughs> no it's guys, really good. I'm, I'm jumping there.
1: <laughs> I'm, just trying to de- I'm just trying to decide the direction it. we want to it's take. It's a
0: great setup. It's a great setup.
1: Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit more about, I, I think, everything that you observe culturally and about America and rugged individualism. I think that all makes sense. Let's talk a little bit more about the, the Protestant religiosity, though, in terms of how we are Inherently, I agree 100% with you. Like, As fallen sinners with a legal spirit, we tend to navel gaze. We make it all about ourselves and our performance and all that stuff anyway. We don't need encouragement in that direction. Yet, a lot of times we are taught, like it's just sort of doubled down on, right? We're taught that what really matters is our personal, private, devotional life. Mm. And that's emphasized in a whole host of ways, which is we inherently assume it. We're then taught it in the church which is probably part of the reason why we get so much pushback when we start to talk like this mm-hmm. about the inherently corporate nature of the Christian life and about devotion to Jesus being church-shaped. Mm-hmm. It just sounds insane yeah. to the contemporary evangelical ear. Chad, you want to riff on that at all, like just any of the the religiosity components that many of the listeners are probably steeped in knowingly or unknowingly? Yeah, um, I can speak
2: uh, about it uh, from personal experience. So I, I grew up— um, in, in a church body that accented that very heavily, hmm. uh, no. you kind of come away with the impression that the Christian life is all about making sure that you have your 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 quiet time, your personal time, your devotional time yeah. with Jesus in reading the Bible and in prayer. And if you got that, then you're set. You're you're good right. to go. I think you've called it the the sacrament of quiet time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the
1: it's the modern evangelical sacrament.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, again, to kind of go the direction I went when I introduced this, think about that historically. The very fact that I have, I got a Bible right here in, in, in reaching me. It's a bound book. All these Mm -hmm. individual books of the Bible are together under these two covers or you got it in your phone these Mm -hmm. days. Well, that was not a reality for most of the church's existence until Gutenberg Mm -hmm. came along. And even after that, just because you had books didn't mean that everybody could afford
1: a book. Correct. I mean That's it was 16, right. or it 1,700 read. years, easily. Yeah. Before I mean yeah. before the average believer would have had a chance to have a copy of the Bible.
2: Yeah, and there's and there's no yeah. way unless you were a very rich early Christian, mm-hmm. you uh you didn't even and have well a, educated. Yeah, you and educated, you didn't even have a scroll, yeah. one single scroll right. of a biblical book in your home. So right. they were in the synagogue or later they were in, they were in the churches. So the ability of Christians will say for the first seventeen hundred years to sit down yeah. with their Bible and have a quiet time with Jesus was it was an impossibility. You didn't have Bibles. You didn't have individual biblical books. What did you have then? Well, you had the same thing that believers had always had. You had the the body, the corporate nature of of the body reflected in this weekly gathering, in which everyone came together and the scriptures were read aloud. And you had a teacher, you had a preacher, you had a priest in the Old Testament who would expound these scriptures. Mm-hmm. You would have discussions. Um, mm-hmm. That's the way that that's the way that the Word of God lived richly among the people of God. It wasn't mm-hmm. me with my Bible. It was me with all my fellow believers, part of the body mm-hmm. of Christ, in that one place, gathering around the Word of God, listening to it, thinking about it, having it. Preach to us. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, then the word of God lived richly, yes, in my life, in my family's mm-hmm. life, but also as we are part of this greater, greater body, the church. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. now let me say this because i to make sure no one's out there is going to mishear me. I'm not in any way saying, hey, uh, don't read your Bible at home. That's, not, right. that's not my point. <laughs> I mean, I read, right. I, I read my Bible every day. I, I, I yeah. hope that other people do too as well. That, that's great. I mean, that we can't get enough of the word of God, right?
0: right. <laughs> but
2: what I am saying is don't elevate that as if that is of primary or even secondary or even tertiary importance, because that's not the way the whole church, that's not the way the church was set up. That's right. It, it's great to always reflect upon the word of God. It's great if you, if you have devotional time. That's great. I do. I listen. I pray the Psalms. I read the scriptures. All that's wonderful. But I have to keep reminding myself that that's not, that's not the, the life. That's not, that's not the way that Christ set up the church's life. He set the church's that's life right. up where we come together where we leave our little individual spaces and we enter into the corporate space of the church. And it's mm. truly there where Christ is present, speaking to me yes. through his word, speaking to me through his, through his preachers. Right. Mm. If we want to know
1: Jesus tangibly in this world, we know him that way in the gathered church yeah. as we assemble in his name, covered in his blood and righteousness to to receive him in the word, receive him in his table, all of those things. Yeah. John, I know you you were wanting to go yeah, well, somewhere.
0: What's interesting about, you know, James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. And I always chuckle when people emphasize so strongly this personal relationship side, because I'm like, have you, have you actually read the Bible? I mean, you're arguing for something the Bible doesn't argue for itself. Like if we're going to mm-hmm. argue, how about we argue about what the text says? Now, if you are completely ignorant of of everything evangelical, and you grab the old, you grab the Bible and you start in Genesis and you start working your way through, I can see how you could look at this as an individual pursuit for a while, but eventually you're going to go, wait a minute, seems like there's like this people of God and he's always dealing with the people of God. And then all of a sudden these people of God are expanded to include other nations into it. And then there's this thing called the church. Uh, all of a sudden, if you're going to apply what you see, You're not going to be able to apply it individualistically apart from—now, we apply it personally, I agree, but you can't apply it individualistically apart from the church. Like One of my favorite questions I love to ask people is from Colossians 3. And, you know, we always are emphasizing the word of God, the word of God, which praise God, let's keep doing that. And so Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And we're all like, amen, yeah. And then I was like, now finish the verse. And if they haven't memorized it, uh, well, you know, we need to memorize it and read it. I said, nope, this is what he says, teaching and admonishing one another. Paul understood Mm -hmm. it to be corporate, not individualistically.
1: Encouraging and then keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It says singing psalms, hymns and spiritual
1: songs to one another.
0: That's right. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the, in other words, like you can even go to Hebrews or Ephesians four, which I I don't know if there's a podcast has gone by and I haven't mentioned Ephesians four, but what does he say? He gives us preachers and teachers to what? to train us in the work of ministry so yeah. that we are all what? Growing up into the knowledge yeah. of Christ. And we, we build one another up by, That's right. Yeah. And so even going back to Acts when he says that the elders are to dedicate themselves to the study of the word. Why? Because you're paying them to go to the temple in the synagogues to read these uh, manuscripts so they can come back and say, okay, here's the way of the Lord. Here's mm-hmm. the way of the Lord. Free, free these men to do that. So anyways, I got my bit in. (laughs) All
1: right. So we use the phrase, at least I do, and it's not unique to me. I've read it places, uh, church-shaped devotion. Mm. That sounds, again, like very foreign to the modern evangelical ear. And Chad, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you did agree to be on the pod with us today. So (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to ask you when I use that phrase or when we use that phrase church-shaped devotion, what all would that entail? As a positive presentation of what the Lord would have for us. Yeah, I think.
2: Uh, well, we can we can just continue with this. First of all, with this idea of the yeah. word. Uh, yeah. So my my church shaped devotion with regard to the word of God is centered around the fact that first of all the word is something that is given to me. So it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a gift from outside of me. It's something that God gives to me by means of both the red word and the preached word. So I receive his gifts. Mm-hmm. I receive this word of God from him and with that, of course, the forgiveness and life and salvation that we have that we have in Christ. And that shapes then that that experience in church of hearing and receiving that word of God, that then shapes my understanding of who I am both in church as well as outside of church. So when I step out the doors and I enter into my vocations, I understand that I am a receiver of the good gifts of God, and this mm-hmm. word that has come to me is then going to actually flow out of me in a life of love and works that mm-hmm. I, by which I by which I serve my neighbor. And then re- you could yeah. really say the same thing about uh, about the supper. It's really at the yeah. Lord's supper that I learn about my vocation in the world because when I go to the mm-hmm. supper, God feeds me; He, he, yep. he gives me Jesus, yep. and Then what happens? Well, again, I I leave church, I go into my vocations, and Jesus, in whom I in whom I now live and who lives in me, well, then he uses me as his hands and his feet and his mouth and my vocation in order that I and the the fruit of what I have received in him then is witnessed in my life, in my vocation Mm -hmm. of love and service toward others. And you know, so we could go on with baptism we could we could talk about all the elements of the church's life are designed to to fill us with Jesus to fill us with his word mm-hmm. with his gifts with his forgiveness and then having been filled, God takes us out into our various callings father, mother husband, wife workers and there he continues to do his work in us by using us in order to love and serve those who are those who are around us now I think just to add one more thing here, that the church-shaped yeah. devotion also does shape my what we usually call devotional time at home. So yeah. for instance, when, you said, when yeah. I when I pray the Psalms or when I read the <laughs> scriptures on my own, I'm not just coming up with my own interpretation. I'm not, I never mm-hmm. act as if, you know what? I'm going to pretend as if I am the first one to read Ephesians. Or I'm going to pretend like I'm the first mm-hmm. one to read the Psalms. First of all, I'm not, so I'm just I'm I'm just fantasizing <laughs> here about some an unreality. And secondly, <laughs> that is a very very dangerous thing to do because it, very, yeah. that leads to private interpretation, which uh, inevitably yeah. is going to to go astray. Uh, You're going to draw some wax. Oh yeah, absolutely. So right. I'm going to let my understanding of the Word of God be shaped by what I've been yes what's been preached to me and taught to me in mm-hmm. in the corporate setting of the church, which hopefully has happened in accordance with this long and rich tradition that we have throughout, uh, throughout uh, uh, the, uh, the history of the, of the Christian church, where you have this all these ex- expositors of the word of God over, over the centuries. You have the creed, you have the councils of the church, you have this rich heritage which continues to shape our reading and our, and our hearing of, of the word of God. So, the, the church shaped devotion shapes me as a, as a person in my vocation, but it also shapes uh-huh. the way that I pray, the way that I study the Word when, when I'm at home, doing it individually or with, with my family.
1: If you're new to Theocast, we have a free ebook available for you called Faith Versus Faithfulness, A Primer on Rest. And if you've struggled with legalism, a lack of assurance, or simply want to know what it means to live by faith alone, we wrote this little book to provide a simple answer from a reformed confessional perspective you can get your free copy at slash primer the reality is that the corporate drives the price yes. yes. yeah. it's not that the private doesn't matter but the corporate is primary yeah mm. john
0: yeah i mean i can i'm thinking of james when i finish james cons, uh, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed this in this corporate reality. I mean, even going to Jesus's instructions on prayer, our Father, our daily bread, our debts. It's a corporate prayer. We're praying together in this reality for each other and uh, for the benefits of one another. Uh, You know, As you were talking, Chad, one of the things that we were discussing before, which is some of my favorite uh, conversations is before recording, but we were talking about kind of the flow of a relationship with the Father. So when we talk about this personal relationship with God, uh, you do. Yeah. He personally loves you. He personally chose you and and adopted you and called you his own. Then he goes, hey, guess what? You're in my family and you're in my kingdom. And this is how it looks now. Now that you're a part of this, this is how this looks. But we ignore all of that. And I think the reason why, you know, if we were to all step back, we can't really get angry at the weak, uh, astray Christians today. Why? Because I think the church is... Well, it's failed. You know, there's so many churches that have gone commercial, and it's all about numbers, and it's all about you know self help and the theology of of glory versus the okay. theology of cross. And theology of cross doesn't draw a crowd, but a theology of glory does. And so, if you're sitting here and you're listening to us, you're like, "Guys, this is great," but the churches around me they they are junk. I can't even find one that'll preach me the gospel, let alone just crack open a book called the Bible and give me something out of that. I I understand that, and this is where Justin okay. and I would all say, "Well, then." then either drive or move and find someone. to. You're not going to stay in a city that you can't get a job and provide for your family. I think the, the same applies for for church. Go find a church and be a part of it. But going back to the structure, uh, you do hear, I mean, Christ says, right, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Inside of God's kingdom are outposts, and those outposts are called the gathered church or the gathered people. And it's I love what, Chad, you were saying is that we gather together in the sovereign uh, location of our of our Lord, which is his, the church. He feeds us. He prepares us. He equips us. He strengthens us. Oh. And then we take the light of the kingdom out so that we might find factors who want to leave the kingdom of darkness and bring them back in. Well, that's how the rest of your life is to function. It's not just, well, I need to make sure I don't disobey so God doesn't take my good job away from me. (laughs) That's not the the aim of your life to not sin. There's more to life than just not sinning. Mm
1: -hmm. All right, so brief observation. I think this is a dead giveaway as to the, the church context we find ourselves in. If somebody were to ask you the question, what is God teaching you these days? I think the instinct is what? To respond about something very individual. Very private. It's this personal insight that I've received. Generally speaking, in my quiet time with the Lord, the Lord told and me That's today. that's the expected answer that that I'm going to give something like that. No. If somebody asks me, "What's the Lord teaching you these days?" and I look at them and I say, "Well, uh, you know, the pastor. Like, and when we gathered in church this past Sunday, uh, we were actually looking at the first fourteen verses of Obadiah. And here are the things that I saw, and here are the things that the preacher communicated. And I was struck by this." And that seems like a a, a cop out answer. It's like well what what you learned in church on Sunday, like what effort does that require on your part? you know like what what kind of devotion does that require of you? And that's problematic. you know I mean it's a, it's an illustration I think of of where we find ourselves. Another thing, Chad, I'd love to hear you talk about this because you you already said some of these things, and I think it'd be good for the listener to hear your perspective on it. I think one of the problems we have is just how we view corporate worship in general. Uh, we We think about corporate worship, I mean, some of us look at it as, uh, you know, it's a supplement, it's a vitamin or whatever. But I think even serious-minded types come to church on Sunday with the mindset of, I am coming to glorify God. Mm -hmm. Like, I am coming to give the Lord something. Maybe I would never say that He Mm -hmm. needs, uh, but I'm coming to give God something, rather than the understanding that we come in need and we come to receive from the Lord. And He is glorified in that. I mean we can we can say that in hardly a minute, but talk about that perspective on corporate worship and how that reorients a person's thinking about all this stuff we're yeah, concerned. that's
2: a that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, so just consider the very use of our of our use of, our, of, of the word worship as a verb. So mm-hmm. when we think about worshiping, Typically, the focus is upon what I'm going to do. So I'm going to praise God. I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to give to God these things as I worship him. And so, well, then the worship is all about what I do, right? If if that's the way we Mm -hmm. define worship, it's all about what I'm giving to God. Whereas historically, worship is all about where we go in order first and Mm -hmm. primary to receive the gifts that God desires to give us. So, in, in, my, mm-hmm. in my tradition, uh, we talk about the divine service. So, rather than a worship service, mm-hmm. we'll typically talk about a divine service. In other words, God's service, okay? So, when you go to God's service, the mm-hmm. divine service, to worship, what's happening? Well, God is there serving you, which is exactly what Jesus said. Right? I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And that didn't change. Christ mm-hmm. still serves us. Mm-hmm in the sense of he's here to give to us the things that we need. We come dirty, he washes us. We come full of sin, he forgives mm. us. We come hungry, he feeds us. Mm. So it's not like we show up to church and Jesus is like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I've been needing, I've been needing you. I've been needing your praise and your glor- glorifying of me. No, we, we come empty and Jesus is like, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to fill you. Mm. I'm going to so give good. you all Amen. of these That's... gifts. And then, of course, you're not just going to sit there with your lips shut. You're going to thank me, mm-hmm. praise me, glorify me.
1: That's... And you're going to respond to what Jesus yes. is doing. Yeah, I mean,
2: you. it's impossible yeah. not to. I mean, if I'm starving and somebody feeds right. me, I'm not going to walk away without saying thank you. <laughs> I'm going <gonna, I'm> <laughs> to lavish. You're going to be overcome by <laughs> yeah, how good that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the deeper awareness that we have of our own need when we come to worship, yeah. then the deeper awareness we're going to have, of what worship is all about. And that worship is all about what God is giving to us. And then we respond back to him. And notice I say we, because this is a corporate, corporate experience. Yep. And hmm. w- while I'm on that topic, another thing I think that's important to remember about the corporate nature of the Christian life is that, you know, there are times when you go to church and you're in a very, very different place. Than someone next to you or behind you, uh, so I had a tremendous loss in my in my life a few weeks ago. Uh, we lost our son, and we've continued to go to church every Sunday. But you know what? It's hard for me to sing because it, it's hard for me not to get emotional when I when I'm singing some of the songs, or even even some of the just the the elements of the prayers and or the responsives or whatever it might be. So it's hard for me to to keep it together. But you know what? There's a person beside me and behind me and in front of me and all around me who are, as it were, bearing me up. And it's not like I'm not singing. I'm singing, but I'm using this person's voice behind me. (laughs) Or it's not like I'm unable to say the prayers. I'm praying, but I can't verbalize the word sometimes. And so I'm praying through this person beside me so it's it is the speaking to one another in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs and and i'm hearing the words from the preacher and in this time of my my intense weakness and sorrow other people who are in a better place are bearing me up so thank mm-hmm. god for the corporate nature of the christian life because you know we're we're not always going to be able to hold it together. And so we have these other people around us who who are doing that for us. And when we're honest with ourselves, we're always in that place in one way or another. We're always needing other people. Uh, and that's no. that's the very essence of being a human. And it's certainly the very essence of being a Christian as well, that we lean on each other yeah. because... We're just kind of limping our way through the world and we need somebody to lean on and they need somebody to lean on and we all need christ to bear us up as we as we work our way Mm -hmm. toward the resurrection
1: Uh, amen those are beautiful words man i know in in our context a lot of times we'll say that we cling to one another as we all Mm -hmm. cling to christ you know and and that's a, a good image i think of of the body and even of what you were just describing of bearing one another up and bearing burdens. And I had a guy say to me one time, this has been a few years ago now, he was lamenting the weakness of his own Mm -hmm. faith. And he said, like we were sitting on the bed of my pickup, like on the tailgate of my pickup truck and uh, having a drink and talking. And he says, you know, man, I, I feel like my faith is just like propped up by everybody around me, like in the church. And he's looking at this as a bad thing, Mm -hmm. right? And and I said, bro, you speak far better than Mm -hmm. you understand. Absolutely, (laughs) like that. That's a good word. That yeah, we all need each other, and like our faith often is propped up by our brothers and sisters around us. Because there's a lot of times where the 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 gospel or whatever in terms of my own belief, my own faith Mm -hmm. is weak. You know, my faith is weak, but my brother's faith is strong. And he's able to give a word to me that, that bears me up. Yeah. Like you just said, anyway, well, really it, it's a, a story
2: from thinking. the gospels, you know, right. the, the friends who lower the paralytic down right? right? and Jesus seeing right. their faith yeah, said to him, so yes. "Your sins are forgiven. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's yep. all these instructions that you have in the new Testament comfort, confront, uh, sacrifice mm-hmm. and give, um, weep, rejoice. Like, you can't, you're not, he's not saying go home and rejoice <laughs> by yourself. Comfort yourself, console yourself, weep with yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like you you can't get away from every emotion and every experience you will have in life. You do with yeah. other people, mm-hmm. from joy to sorrow, from from fear to excitement. It's all done together, and that's hard for us because you know what it, that. As I said before, we started. Um, the American culture has created this this. This idea that when you when there's pain and suffering and uncomfortableness, we just need that mm-hmm. to go away. Mm-hmm. And so, like, hey, I'm sorry that you've experienced that, but you know what? Let us know when you get yeah, over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. let, let us know when you're back to normal. And it's like, no, no, we, we weep with them. We carry them. We care yeah. for them, right? And that's hard because if you don't understand the gospel and you've been fed this theology of, you know, triumph just just get better. Um, you're supposed to just go home and work it out. And the idea of that is, no, actually, we, we are weak, we are feeble, mm-hmm. and without each other, uh, we are very vulnerable to fall into all kinds of traps. I mean, I, I love Hebrews 4 when it says, consider how to build each other up daily that you are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, right? Like even going back to your illustration, Chad, about being there, we come weak, and we come hungry and dirty, and He cleanses us. You know, at times we we got to drag our brothers and sisters, saying, "You are so stinky! I've got to get you into church." Right, <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah. So I think in our we do an additional podcast each week, Simper Reformanda SR. Well, maybe over there we can talk a little more in terms of the theology of glory, theology of the cross yep. categories. That could be a good thing to talk about with you, Chad. Uh, but before we leave the regular portion of the show, just. I would love to hear you speak to the the broader listenership about this, like an understanding of what we're talking about, church-shaped, devotion, the corporate nature of the Christian life, how that is actually a very liberating thing for us.
2: Thoughts yeah, about that? Uh, I think the, the more you experience life, uh, the more you realize that self-reliance and all this stuff about self, you know, my self-worth and all those self-dash, whatever you want to fill in the blank in, all those things yeah. are, are are chains on your soul because inevitably you're going to fall on your face. Mm. Uh, you're There's going to be bad things that happen that make you realize that uh, all of this focus upon me, me, me is, is actually constructing an iron cage around me. It's not liberating. It's enslaving. Mm. And what's liberating is to know that, number one, I have people around me who love and care for me and that I can love and care for as well. And most importantly, it's liberating in the fact that, you know what? I don't, I don't have to have my act together. I don't have to always be this uh, super strong, rugged individual for Christ to care for me. Mm. Uh, You don't have to be a green beret. beret. In fact,
1: yeah,
2: what, what I think the Christian life is all about is not getting stronger and stronger. It's becoming a more and more aware of our own weakness. Mm. And and the more that we are aware of our own weakness, the more we're aware of that it it's not up to us. The gospel doesn't say God's done his part and now it's up to you to to do yours. The gospel says God loves you in Christ fully and completely, loves you, forgives you, makes you, makes you his own. You are free. Uh, you're free from doing all the shoulds and ought tos and shouts and shout nots in order to please God because he already pleased with you in Christ. Yeah. And having been pleased amen. with you, making you his child, giving you all these gifts over and over and over, now he's like, "You're free. You, there's nothing you can do to make me happy with you because I'm already pleased with you in Christ." So, amen. Now amen. you're free. What are you going to do with your freedom? Well, I guess you're going to freely love and freely serve those who are around you. That's what free people. That's what free people do. Enslaved yeah. people, enslaved people, people, people yeah. are um, all about myself all about it's all about me that's right liberated people are all about the neighbor and they can't hold it quiet because they want to liberate people
0: yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) not only is there joy and and just the freedom inherently in being a liberated person you're actually more effective and in loving neighbor that way i don't know that sounds
0: like antinomianism to me it
1: sounds like pragmatism and everything else too i mean we're just saying all (laughs) kinds of crazy things john take us out of here before it gets worse (laughs) and then we'll we'll talk more
0: yeah that's right. Well, before we close it down, uh, a couple of things I'm going to ask Chad when we get over into the SR podcast, Semper Reformanda, about uh, his favorite book to recommend, favorite podcast he likes to listen to. So it'd be good to get some extra resources there. And yes, am I intriguing you to join the Reformation? Yes, I am. So <laughs> we do an additional podcast called Simper Reformanda. It's a whole community. We have an app. We spend time together. It's a good QA. Justin and I jump on there. It's just a great way to continue these thoughts. I know that some of you are new and you're trying to process this and you want to process it with other people. This is a great way to do that. You can come over there and do that. And then we do an additional podcast every week for that. And if you haven't listened to our new podcast, we encourage you to do so. It's called Everyday Grace. It's a three to five minute clip from a sermons or podcasts just to design to encourage you and strengthen you. And for those of you that don't know, Justin and I are in the process of starting a church network called Grace Reform Network. If you're a pastor... If you're interested in that, please reach out to us. Just go to gracereformnetwork.org. There we go. I got all the advertisements in. So we will see you guys next week.